What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week number 86, and you are listening to Club Red, where this week we will be discussing uh, Texas Tech baseball, making it to the big dance again, uh, recapping what happened with the Big 12 tournament for them, and all of that, plus, uh, plus a little bit of Texas Tech basketball news. But before we get into all of that, make sure you are following Tailgate Talks on Apple and Spotify. Hit us with a five-star rating. You can do that on each one of them. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that review. Uh, you can also follow the Tailgate on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. Uh, where we do most of our posting and everything, so interact with us there. You can also follow our personal accounts if you want to. Follow Dustin at DustinWimmer22, and you can follow myself at Calvin B. Barrett. Uh, you can also follow Tailgate on Facebook and Instagram, and also on YouTube, where we post a couple videos for you, maybe breaking down something like last week, our little video on Steve Green, doing pretty good, over 300 views, so uh, people liking the Steve Green info that Dustin had for us there so if you ever want to do that make sure you're following us on YouTube hit the bell it'll notify you every time we drop a new video and lastly if you want to email us you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com for any comments questions or anything you want to add to the show with all of that being said let's get into this week's Club Red we're going to start this thing off right Well, Dustin, the regular season is over, the Big 12 tournament is over, and we now officially know where Texas Tech is headed for the postseason. Uh, we'll get to that stuff in a little bit but first we got to wrap up the big 12 tournament we went into this tournament with some expectations wanting us to perform well to help solidify maybe a, a regional host or uh, set yourself up well for the tournament but things did not go that way for you in the tournament you're able to start it off getting a win against kansas state on wednesday but after that you uh, lose to oklahoma and then you lose to kansas state to knock you out of the tournament uh, and then, you know, left uh, to sit at home watching TV and, until Monday, until you figured out where you were headed. So, um, what were your thoughts on a uh, pretty underwhelming performance in this year's Big 12 tournament? Yeah, I ended up underwhelming going one and two. That's not the performance we needed. And that showed on Monday when we ended up with the three seed. But I was impressed the first night. First day with Mason Molina's outing. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen him pitch that well, or almost any of our guys pitch that well all year. And he was out there blazing. I think he had like no hits through six mm -hmm. and finally gave one up later. But we took care of Kansas State pretty easy with him. And then, of course, <clears throat> ran into the Oklahoma bats again, and they just started hitting bombs again. And I mean, Props to them because they kept doing it every game, and they ended up yeah. winning the whole thing because of it. I mean, they did it to Texas in the championship too. So it wasn't like they only did it to us. No, they did it quite often. That's why they were the 
third best team this year too. Yeah, we were one of many uh, teams yeah. that got to face that. So uh, tournament didn't do anything but kind of knock you down. So a little bit. There's a lot of people like speculation. Do conference tournaments matter? It really did feel like this Apparently. conference tournament knocked us down quite a bit while also helping other teams help texas a lot apparently yeah so i don't really understand the committee and we'll get into some more of this later but i don't really understand why all of a sudden it feels like all this weight on this tournament that you know is sporadic you got some teams trying to cling to life like kansas state who comes out there and gets a win you got a team like oklahoma who's really hot who wins the tournament they can't get to a host uh, spot for doing that. Texas right. all of a sudden wins a couple games and they go from outside to Good. top. Number nine. Like, so I, I, what are your thoughts on like the tournament, what it means all of a sudden or what it seemingly means to the committee? Yeah, I thought, <clears throat> I thought we got dropped too low. I mean, I know we're jumping ahead in our scripts. So we're getting into tournament talk now. Yeah. Uh, we got dropped, I think too low, but I think, I don't think that hurts us. I think that hurts the region we're in. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think Georgia Southern, Notre Dame are very excited that we're there looking at them and not a two seed somewhere else. Um, I kind of thought Oklahoma got screwed the most uh, out of what they did all year because if you're going to give Texas such a high seed, well, Oklahoma had a better record than them and then got beat them in the last game like yeah. shouldn't they get that spot it doesn't matter if you win the game Justin. it doesn't matter if you win the game it's just that you schedule that game okay yeah. and play it and then the NCAA can suck my dick about texas being the number nine overall seed and getting to host they were fifth in the big 12 and second in the tournament like how's doesn't that add anything. up to nine it does that <laughs> come does, on doesn't make sense so we'll just go ahead and get into it so Texas Tech was named the three seed in the Georgia Southern Regional, so we'll be heading to Southboro for uh, our first round action here where we'll face off with the two seed Notre Dame on Friday at 1 o'clock. So the whole region looks like this. You got one seeded Georgia Southern, whose record is 40 and 17. Got two seed Notre Dame, whose record is 35 and 14. You've got us at the three seed, whose record is 37 and 20. And then you got UNC Greensboro uh, as the four seed, whose record is 34-28, getting in off that conference win. So that's what your region looks like. So you said, did say, and you mentioned it well there, we end up a three seed, but you kind of end up in a decent region to be a three seed in. You're like a really good four or five seed, like in, when I think of like basketball, uh, how they do yeah. the bracket there. You know, you get that four or five seed that everybody's like, oh, like they were definitely – Underseeded. That's kind of what it feels like for us. So, just overall thoughts on the Georgia Southern Regional uh, and kind of what it means to have a non-Power Five team at the helm uh, of it. Yeah, good for Georgia Southern. I mean, they got—they're the 16 seed, so they were the last ones, I guess, in the door. But hell, what's that matter if you're getting a host at your own place? Yeah. Um, and then some people—I know the whole two and three—you're facing the same team technically, but. I think to us and Texas Tech fans now that you know we're used to being in that top 16 and hosting, so going from a one to a three yeah. is a lot to us, I guess, and it kind of is. But switches up um, your strategy from what we normally do. Yeah, I guess, but um, we still end up 
like Tadlock always likes the first game anyways. We still end up with the first game like yeah. he likes. So we can take batting practice and all that. Like, that worked out. So it's like things are kind of working out. I know I said this last week with our draw in uh, the Big 12 bracket. Things are kind of working out here too. Like, everybody I've looked at um, numbers-wise feels like they're right below us. Like, I know everybody's around 35 wins. But, like, pitching-wise and hitting-wise, I feel like we're uh, just a little bit above everybody. Like, no one on any of these teams or pitching staff scare me. Um, so, maybe things can work out here, you know? Yeah. Go for Georgia Southern. They got second in the Sun Belt behind Texas State. And that conference sent three teams to the tournament. So, their conference is no slouch. So, they earned it. Yeah, they earned it. Notre Dame was right there. Uh, yeah, I think they're the top two seed. They get the two seed, yeah. So, you're, you know, you're matched with that. And then, of course, if you make it out of this regional, Tennessee's the team that's standing there. Nope. Probably We're not going to talk about that yet. In the We're hopefully going to talk about that next week. Hopefully we get to talk about that. But so after looking at this draw, just kind of, um, you know, talking about we feel like we were kind of gypped on the three seed or whatever. Your overall thoughts on the tournament, we kind of talked about a little bit with the Texas and Oklahoma there. A lot of people seem to have issues with the RPI, uh, seem to have issues with how yeah, teams that's are a- getting uh, ranked and how you can be a top 10 team in D1 baseball all season, but you can be a three seed. Or, uh, yeah, just, how are you ranked? What's the, Literally going into this like eighth yeah. or top 10 most year. Literally at one point we were fifth and then our RPI is like, they're a – the lowest two seed and they're like 40th and it's like so what does matter or how do we fix it like it needs to be fixed apparently that's the question right like nobody seems to know there's six different polls out there that rank you so that's other you're always like between five and 25 um it just seems like there's no clarity it doesn't seem like we know what baseball values it seems like we know that they value scheduling but it doesn't seem like they value the actually winning the games. Like Texas scheduled a bunch of hard teams, but they didn't win those games. But they get more credit for scheduling those teams than yeah. It's do. a mix of yeah. I mean, they care about games that you win, not at home. Yeah, is the best way to put it. If you play a team like Abilene Christian, like we did, and end up blowing the game because you know you're playing your fifth or sixth pitcher. You lose a lot of points for that, yeah. like losing to a lesser, quote-unquote, lesser team. Like A&M, they just started canceling midweek games halfway through the year because they're like, there's no plus to it. There's only minus to it. Like winning the game, yeah. you know, you doesn't cancel, matter. If you cancel, Losing matters a lot. If you cancel ACU and New Mexico, like where do you look at if you don't have those two losses on you? But you went out and played and you knew that your pitching was already suspect on those games – you went out there, played, and cost you those games. But it seems like weird that we're valuing a one-game sample size against, you know, New Mexico yeah. in the middle of the week higher than we're weighing right. the sweeping of Oklahoma State in a conference matchup on the road. Like, why does that one loss weigh you down so much? I feel like this season, and maybe it's because Tech kind of got hurt by it, but A&M kind of started – loopholing the system that yeah. the RPI talk got brought up nationally a lot more and on Twitter a lot more. So maybe that'll be a big topic of discussion this off season with NCAA baseball 
and how they format this or how they calculate RPI. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are not happy with, you know, like we're not happy with playing the games and just losing, screwing you, but forfeiting is technically what A&M did. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. They, they've definitely got some things to figure out here because yeah, at the end of the day, tech had it out in front of them to be a two seed. Uh, and you weren't able to do it. You know, you you lost that yeah. series to Oklahoma and you didn't have a great showing in the Big 12 tournament. So, like, and then you, you lost those games, you know. So, ultimately, it falls mm-hmm. square on you. I'm more looking at, like, the bigger picture and, you know, how Texas yep. ends up a nine seed and, uh, like, I some of these bizarre either, things like, where... Are just yeah. sucking on Texas dick from preseason? It's preseason number one or whatever they were, top five, and... They're still just giving them that credit. We just played a whole season. Yeah. And TC wins the conference, and they're not even hosting. Like, so what are we actually valuing here? Uh, and, and how does it make any sense that you can win what you, everybody deems as a very good, very tough conference, and that really holds no weight uh, that yeah. you can do that? But uh, it's very bizarre. Uh, I don't really understand it. I don't really know what the fix is, uh, you know. Uh, definitely think that the NCAA has to look into it, but when have they gotten anything right? So they'll uh, they'll get to it in like three years. They'll get yeah in three years when it's already ruined and you're not. Remember playing. how like bad they used to be about accepting transfers? Yeah, <laughs> you're like halfway through the next season, I'm like, oh great. <laughs> what the Joel and Twambe thing was halfway through yeah. the next season when it finally was rolled on, and you're like, well. We pretty much already knew it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They're horrible at it, so they'll never get to it. They'll never get to it. But ultimately, uh, feels like uh, Tech does have a decent draw here. So first game's Friday at one yeah. o'clock against Notre Dame. So let's kind of get to know Notre Dame who we're going to be facing a little bit. Uh, you're likely to face John Bertrand, who carries a 2.39 ERA, who I think was the second best pitcher in the ACC this season. Uh, you're likely to face him on Friday. We don't know who's going to be starting for us. I would probably bet Andrew Morris uh, as your starter. Uh, so uh, a good pitching matchup there. They only have two players who have cracked double digit with home runs, so they're not a huge offensive team that's just going to go hit, hit a bunch of bombs on you. Uh, but it does seem like they have a pretty good pitching staff. A lot of bullpen guys that have pretty good ERAs, uh, so they're going to make you work on offense, and uh, looks like they're going to make you work on defense by getting some base hits and, and getting on the base path. So, uh, just your thoughts on facing Notre Dame and your chances of Texas Tech advancing in the winners bracket on Friday? Yeah, if they throw Bertrand, he has a lot of stats that are similar to Birdsell for us. You know, he mentioned it: eight and two record, two point three nine ERA. He's a first-team all-conference player for the second year in a row, so he knows what he's doing. That's for damn sure. Um, their other guy seems to be a good drop-off, still decent, but um, I'm I, I I don't hope that we face him just because you know some teams throw their ice game one to get get over to that second game, but we always schedule it for the other way around and try to go game two. So, yeah, I would think Morris goes for us. We've never changed that game plan throughout this at the end of the season. It's always 
Friday you're pitching game one guy, right. Saturday you're pitching game two guy, you know, <clears throat> which works out great because, you know, game two is either you're you're on the your ass is on the line to go home or to go on to championship game. So I like having our ace at game two. Um, Morris can handle his own against Bertrand. Bertrand, I think. Um, yeah, their hitting's not amazing. Like you said, they, they don't hit bombs a lot. They do have a first baseman who's hitting 350, so that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, work. And then a handful, like about four other dudes were like right below 300. And so that's when I was looking at it, and I'm like, they're like real similar to us, but like a little below, like just right below us. Like we have a guy that's like 10 points higher than all their dudes. So we should have the offense, but if they're pitching their ace, who knows how that's going to work out. We've also done decently well against aces sometimes this year. Uh, I know like that Texas ace, he didn't even last a whole inning yeah. against us. We ran him off real fast. Um, one thing I did find on them their leadoff guy and outfielder Ryan Cole, he's hitting about 300. He's got 19 stolen bases on the year. He might be dealing with some kind of injury. I didn't look to see what it was, but he didn't play the first two games of the ACC tournament, and then he DH for the third game. So maybe he's dealing with something, plays, doesn't play, DHs, we don't know. So maybe that helps us a little bit too because I know sometimes when they get – Guys get on base against us, we have some either fielding errors or can't throw yeah. them out, or we start thinking about other shit. <laughs> it's been a trying to pick off a guy at first like, instead of maybe going for the. It doesn't mean like a problem for us, but it's like we make it a problem sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we match up well with them. It just depends who they throw out there at pitcher. Um, if we get their number one or their number two guy from there, so. Hopefully, hopefully it goes good. We know our weakness is the bullpen. Um, maybe we just throw, you know, Morris and Molina and call it a game. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, if Molina's going to go out there and give you that kind of performance that he get, did against Kent State, like that's definitely something you got to use to your advantage. You know you have three starters who can go get you five and six innings with Morris, Birdsell, yeah. and Hampton. So uh, if Molina's a guy who can – if you need him to come in and get three or four innings for you, I think he's shown that he can do that. Um, so that'll be something to watch. Uh, you know, you hope you get out to a good start against Notre Dame, get those bats going. That's definitely something I think during the Big 12 tournament that you were kind of struggling with was getting anything going at the plate. So it kind of needs something to bounce back. Give your pitcher something to work with. Give them a lead. I think that gives you – Obviously, Always a better chance to get that lead so you, you can hold on for on. life <laughs> uh, rather than having to hold on for dear life and also get your offense back into the game. So, uh, ultimately, Dustin, the three seed here, the first time in after hosting regionals for five years that we won't have it at the law. Um, do you think we can make it out of this regional? Uh, and your bet, do we make it out of this regional? Yeah, I, I really do think we can. Um, if we can win this first game, honestly, if we win game one and two for us, I think we can hold on for, you know, our third or fourth game because then you have you got the double elimination. Don't forget that. Right. So um, if we lose the first game, then it's a super hard track up. you got to win three games from there. 
that's not easy. So, and we don't have the pitching for that. So we gotta win. I'd say this first one to have a great chance. I think we do, and I think we can. Um, who's gonna step up with us? You never know. Which is the good thing. Usually, you know, we have a handful of guys that can do it. We said that about basketball a lot. That got us pretty far this year. I think it can happen again in baseball. Yeah, it takes maybe one really great J.C. Young weekend from you, right? And you can be... Uh, we feel like we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, it's really been a while. Maybe this is, is his time to step up and kind of take over uh, as that, you know, future top 10 MLP draft pick that we yeah. all know and love. Uh and so that's kind of what you're hoping for. And then, you got, like, you've got a bunch of other dudes, like you said. Kurt Wilson's been a hero for you throughout this year. Uh, you've had the two freshmen who have been big for you in spots. And, of course, your pitchers, Morris, Birdsell, have been huge for you all year. So uh, if you can string it together, I think you have a really good shot. I got to say, like, this is the first time in a long time I haven't felt confident about the regionals. And, yeah, you're not hosting, but – you know, I think the Big 12 tournament really did uh, kind of scare me a little bit. Uh, didn't look like you performed well in that tournament. Uh, your bats were really struggling, and your pitchers uh, kind of have struggled here down the stretch. You know, Morris battled in that OU game, still gave up like six runs. And so uh, you just never know with this team what kind of performance you're going to get. And so right. it's really yeah, hard right. to put your full confidence into them because they could have that weekend where they go out and sweep Oklahoma State or they could have, uh, you know, Big yeah. 12 tournament weekend. So it's really hard. Yeah, to, we've lost three of the last four now since that sweep. So it's really hard to know what what team's going to show up this weekend. I hope it's the good one. I hope it's a fun version. And I hope yeah. we get to talk about this team going on to the Super Regionals next week. Same. But make sure y'all tune in at 1 o'clock on Friday for game one. Uh, hopefully we'll be playing in the winner's bracket on Saturday and then, you know, go from there. Hopefully you can make quick work of this series. Or if it's a, a long weekend, hopefully you're able to stretch out your pitching. But uh, we hope to be discussing another Super Regional uh, uh, round next weekend. you have any closing thoughts for baseball as they head into the tournament? Oh, yeah, just win win game one and definitely try to win win that in game two. You're really set up for success. Going that loser's bracket is a lot of tough stuff over there. So we don't want to be playing two games on Sunday. Yeah. We're going home early. Yeah, and you don't want to have to force that Monday game. Uh, Monday. Or, you know, whatever it is. So hopefully we uh, get a good performance on Friday. Excited for that. Nervous for it. We'll, uh, we'll have fun watching it, I'm sure. Uh, but we do have a little bit of basketball news to discuss, so let's go over to the hardwood. All right, Dustin, big news happened last week, and of course big it happened news. after we recorded, so we didn't get the chance to talk about it. I think it was on Thursday when the news was announced. But five-star guard from the 2023 class, who will be reclassifying to the 2022 class, Elijah Fisher has officially committed to Texas Tech. This was something that was long, long rumored. A lot of eye emojis uh, throughout the offseason. A lot of people Is that said what those were for? A lot of times, we, uh, Chris Level, <laughs> other players have said we've had them locked up for a long time. But, you know, for some reason, it took 
a long time for this commitment to actually come true. Uh, but it is. He is moving up to play for us next year, so we expect him to be on campus, I think, here pretty soon. Um, of course, classifying up does kind of lower some of his rankings as he's now filing into the 2022 class. But he is the highest commitment ever for Texas Tech basketball, so that first off is pretty cool. But Dustin, uh, what are your thoughts on the signing of Elijah Fisher? Yeah, big 6'6". Six, six. Canadian shooting guard, small forward. I know for next year's class, he was listed like 20th overall. Um, who knows what he's going to be now. But, I mean, everything I was seeing from, like, Ross Zine and all the big, you know, college basketball guys, like, they made it be, like, such a big deal that they were assuming he might be a starter already because he's that good. And, I mean, he fits size-wise with what we want to do at 6'6". Six, six, six. Six. <laughs> so that's great um yeah can he shoot can he get to the rim all that good stuff i don't know if he'll start right out the gate with how young he is and you know play, playing defense is how you get on the court with mark adams so can't how fast can he pick up what he wants to do and how what coach green wants to do on the offensive end um I've also seen Coach Green not play dudes because <laughs> they're an idiot and can't figure it out. Just do some simple things on the offensive end. So we got two coaches that, honestly, you just got to listen, pick things up, be smart. Um, so if he can fit in there, I'm sure he can be on the court plenty for us. Um, I just – it still blows my mind that we can get a guy like this because I'm not used to yeah. Texas Tech being – kind of like a elite type team that we're getting a five-star recruit like how how did this happen like why has it been so assumed for so long like what's our connection to this kid i don't know any of that stuff do you have any of that answer for me yeah you know i don't really know why he's been such a lock either uh i don't yeah. really know his relationships i don't really know what it was that drew him to texas tech i think drew steffi might have had a little bit to play with this Okay. Um, maybe a, a little bit involved in his recruitment, but you know Drew's not here until next year, so um, I don't really, I don't really know the validity of that. But yeah, it seems kind of weird that this dude from Canada was locked into Texas Tech for a long time. But hey, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to question it. Glad to have him. He does seem like he's a high boomer bust type type of player. That's what I've heard a lot. It, it, like kind of like it's either yeah. going to work out and be great, or it could be one of those experiments where he's here for a year and now we know if it doesn't work out, you just transfer. And so I feel like there might be a high probability with that, especially all these freshmen. It feels like they're all expecting to have a lot of playing time, and once you don't get it, you just pout and just go to another school, and nobody actually right. like stays committed to this to the situation and trusts the coaches to get them to where they want to be. Now you do have a lot of youth on this team. Uh, you have a lot of freshmen coming in. And so there are going to be players that don't have any D1 experience. Yeah. And so it's going to be a battle for this guy to come in and see who he can kind of overtake in that freshman class to uh, be, for Coach Adams, Coach Green, you know, all these coaches to fill – worthy of eating up minutes uh, maybe from some of these other guys so uh, it's definitely like a good situation to be in right like you have a lot of youth talent yeah have a lot of veterans on the team who can help coach up these young guys but 
I'm definitely curious to see uh, his body, his size, his all of that, like you said, fits the Mark Adams mold. So theoretically, if everything comes in, if he's willing to listen, willing to learn, willing to build his game and you know take his minutes and make the most of them, I think this could be a really good spot for him, and I you know hope that he brings uh, success to this team and to himself. Yeah, on Rivals, he's listed at 31 right now, and so to only drop like 10 or 11 spots after jumping up a class is pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's like one of the top, you know, shooting guards, small forwards. I think he was the top player from Canada, so uh, you're getting that, but... Yeah, just an extremely athletic, versatile guy. Um, you know, you can never have too much of that on a team. Hopefully he's able to knock down some shots, get to the rim, create some highlight factory plays for you. I think that's kind of what you want, what you want to expect. And, you know, who knows how he'll develop here. He could be a guy who starts on the bench and ends up as a starter. Uh, he could develop over the summer, become a starter. You, you just never know right now. Uh, but... Uh, excited to have a five-star on campus and excited for this team and this youth movement. And some other news along that front, Dustin can sleep easy now. His dream is not going to come true, thankfully, this time. As Fardaz, uh, Amic, Amic, Amac. Amac, I don't know why it's so hard to remember that, Amac, has decided to withdraw from the NBA draft. So the Oklahoma City Thunder will not be drafting him. Uh, and he will thunder. be playing for Texas Tech next year. So this is huge as he has probably been your biggest offseason pickup, you know, besides like, you know, a banner returning and stuff like that. He's been a huge pickup as, you know, a lot of people kind of expect him to come in and compete for Big 12 Player of the Year. So, Dustin, mm -hmm. now that that, you know, nightmare situation's out of the way, uh, what do you think about AMAC uh, going to be putting on the red and black for us? It's huge, and even earlier this week he flew in, so he's on campus. He's mm -hmm. ready to go. He's working out. Yeah, most of our guys. That's, got what, I was gonna, that's what I was going to add with Fisher. The sooner he can get here, the better for his development and fitting in and trying to get minutes because the later you show up, it's just going to be hard to squeeze in and you know, figure it out. Uh, with AMAC, him being older, that's great. He's a two-year guy. We'll be lucky if we get a second year out of him since he was already in the draft process. I think so. Unless I'm thinking of somebody else off the top of my head. Yeah, I think he, he might not I be. I think it was his last year. But who knows nowadays. Everybody's got like some extra year of eligibility that they're just pulling out of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked like he's he should be a good mix of what uh, Williams was for you and O'Banner a little bit. And so – Rebounding, I think he's better off than what we had at that center spot last year. I know Bryson wasn't the best rebounder, even though he was a big dude. And so, and Amac was a two-time conference defensive player of the year. So, he's going to fit right in on the defensive end. Yeah. So, that's a great addition as well. So, I think he's going to fit in great. He's going to really give us, I don't know if he's going to, like, be a physical type of guy, but, like, He's going to give us a dude down low that we have confidence in on both ends of the floor, like regardless of what who's out there for the other team. Yeah, I think you really like what you've got inside for you this season with him and O'Banner. Like that's just going to be a really tough duo to guard, uh, especially with the ability of AMAC to extend the court 
Uh, you know, he looked pretty solid at the mid-range, can score around the rim, and can also extend it to three. Things that Kevin O'Banner can do and, you know, other things that Kevin O'Banner can do that are similar, rebound. And so uh, you might be a really tough team to rebound against when those We're going to lead in, in rebounding. And then, We're gonna lead the then big you folks. take one of them out and you throw in Bacho or, you know, whatever. You can. Yeah. You, I feel like you have so many things that you can do down low. Uh, and heck, even KJ, you know, that's one thing we saw from him is he'll go fight you for a rebound too. So yeah. you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be trying to eat up that glass. So it'll be really fun to watch. I'm excited that we get to watch this dude play uh, for this yeah. year. He uh, seems like a real fun guy to get a roof for. And so you're just glad that he's, uh, I think everybody kind of figured as such as he did, you know, announce his commitment, but he's still going to try to go through the process, learn a little bit more about himself, uh, and then come in and work on that game. So, uh, yeah, Speaking of the that in draft process, that ends Wednesday yeah. for people, so they got to pull out by Wednesday. So you're going to see some more guys coming out. Yep. Once you listen to this, earlier this week and rosters keep changing, that doesn't mean guys still cannot come back. They can go to the draft and still come back. If that doesn't work out for them, they don't get drafted. Um, and we kind of heard that with like Drew Steffi. He kind of fell out of the top 60. So he's rumored to come back for Gonzaga now. But Drew Steffi. They can still Drew go Timmy. draft. Drew Timmy. Drew Steffi. You had me that in my head from earlier. I hope he doesn't get drafted. He needs to be here in two years. Yeah, that would <laughs> But, yeah, Drew Timmy. So rosters can still change um, even up until the drafts. But it's not going to be as many spots after that point. So they better figure it out. Yeah, teams are, teams are trying to solidify their rosters and, uh, you know, kind of seems like a lot of teams aren't waiting for the lingers to make their decisions. They're trying to get those guys locked up so they kind of have an idea what their team's going to be like. Uh, so I think yeah. we have one roster spot left. Uh, yeah, so I got I got the roster pulled up for you. Ben Golan did nice work of actually putting positions on there because I like that for my own visual head. Um, looks like pretty big down low with Fart, with Amac, Bacho, KJ, O'Banner. They got Robert Jennings, Jalen, Elijah Fisher at that guard forward type position. And guards, I feel like we're guard heavy ish more than we have been in the past with Davion Harmon, Clarence. Pop Isaacs, Lamar Washington, and DeMorian Williams. So, yeah, like you said, one more uh, scholarship spot. And if you remember last year, we actually saved that mm-hmm. and didn't use it. That kind that's of what ended up Tyson. bringing Jalen Tyson in. I don't know if that's a Mark Adams kind of thing and he wants to keep that in his pocket or if we have a guy like that uh, North Carolina guard – yeah, so uh, Walton from North Carolina is a guy. There's still a couple other guys in the transfer portal that have recently dropped out of the NBA draft. Malachi Smith was a name that we were you know, kind of in on, so we'll see if our uh, interest in him still plays a part in his decision-making here. But, yeah, there's still a couple guys out there uh, that you're watching. Matthew Mayer was one of the names that you were rumored in, and then all of a sudden he I was – I wanted to talk about him real quick. That was so random – but respect it after he came out and said that he did it out of respect for Baylor that we came up second because he didn't want to stay in the same okay. conference. So shout out to him for okay. uh, actually I didn't see that. being a respectable 
uh, basketball player and making wow, his decisions. Baylor being a respectable human being. Actually, yeah, clap it up for Matthew Mayer being a respectable Baylor person. Yeah, other you know other players are in conference. So where's Illinois? Like, just everybody wants to go there. All of a sudden, they've signed three huge transfers this year. And like, they've signed two of them are Baylor kids, and then they got TJ also. Like, I know we have like a history with transfers like before the whole portal thing started but like illinois is just pounced on the scene and they're getting all these dudes yeah well it's uh that nil money it will make yeah. you know it makes every team a contender depending on what these donors are willing to throw out there you know we got text saying that we had donors negotiating with his agent uh like as we speak and uh, felt like we were good in the process, so it must have been Illinois came way over the top with a deal that uh, he just couldn't really turn down. That just seems like how it's going to be. And so, yeah, you're going to have random teams like, hey, Illinois, we're going to go all in on it this year. We got these guys. We just need one more transfer. But, you know. It's kind of fun, though, to see, like, not Blue Bloods, like Tech and Illinois. Right. Like, Get these making guys. splashes with these dudes. Because yeah. the NIL can make it happen now. Yeah, I like that. It makes things a little more even recruiting-wise. Like, everybody – I just kind of assumed he's going to go to North Carolina because I figured North I Carolina too. basketball school probably is going to throw the most money at him. But, you know, North Carolina is not winning every single one of these battles. Dukes are not winning all of these battles, even the Kansases and stuff. So, um yeah, it's interesting to see, uh, but, you know, keep an eye out on that last roster spot. It seems like we might want to be adding, uh, especially with the young freshmen that you have coming in. I think you want a little bit more experience added in, so we'll see what they do with that last roster spot. Yeah. A little bit more basketball news. We touched on it last week. The Air Raiders, the basketball tournament alumni team for Texas Tech, has added a couple more pieces to the squad, so we're really going in on that. That back-to-back year all-star squad right now. We Griffin, called it. Uh, as Naeem Stevenson gets added to the yes. roster. Uh, Zach Smith gets added to the roster. And, uh, like, right after recording last week, I think the next day, Zaire Smith was added Here. to the roster. So uh, you've added three more guys who are key pieces for you on that Elite Eight run uh, the year before you made the title. So, so far, it's been a mixture of the two teams who went the furthest for you ever in in NCAA tournament history. Your thoughts on those additions, and do you just keep getting more excited for this, like with every edition? Yeah, we're, we called it. It's the Elite Eight Final Four teams coming back together, getting the gang back together. And the good thing about Zach Smith, he's got experience playing in this, so he can – you know, maybe give some scouting reports on this team, that team, these guys, that guy. Yeah. He's got one of the best highlight plays. The TBT tweeted that out. Yeah, that dunk. After that, nasty. He's got a huge fro, and they are in a pick and roll, and he had a sick tomahawk alley oop dunk. So he hasn't lost a step, I'll tell you that. And so it'll be fun to see like him and Zaire back yeah. out there. Um, you know, it's like the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally like if you could just take like our favorite players from those teams, put them on a team, and see what they look like. You don't never, you don't really ever get to do that, you know. Uh, but with the basketball tournament, you kind of get this chance to watch some of your guys. Yeah. You're like, hey, we got those guys from the Elite Eight team, and then you throw Matt Mooney in there. 
Um, I'm still hoping on Brandon Francis, still hoping on Tariq Owens. Um, um, you know, some of those other guys that were on those squads, I, th- I think we probably have a good chance of, uh, of getting them. But it's been fun to watch it. It'll be exciting once that ter- that tournament rolls around to get to watch these guys suited up and play to play together again. For sure. So with all that, we've got a couple little things to throw in here at the end. The brand, Dustin, have you gotten the chance to – check out any of the brand on ESPN plus YouTube Facebook about Texas Tech football squad I've not I totally forgot about it yeah I remember the night I had went back and watched that first episode and I kind of caught the end of the one tonight but you know it's it's a nice little watch it's a quick quick little dive into what's going on with the football team so the first episode you got to know kind of more about the coaches more about what the brand is, what they expect from their players every time they show up uh, to the to practice every single day, what it represents, and so I, I saw that, that little highlight good. clip. Yeah, yeah. So that was good to see. Uh, this one seemed like it was kind of more on the offense, um, but I'll take yeah. a more of a full look at it. But you know, if you need some something to watch, if you've already finished Stranger Things. Uh, you know, whatever other shows that are out there, give yourself a chance. Go watch the brand. It's on ESPN Plus. I think they have it on the face on a Facebook and YouTube too. So uh, you can go watch it, check it out, get to know some of these coaches, get to know some of the Red Raider players and some of the characters on this team that you're going to be rooting for this season. Uh, it's a pretty decent watch so far. Uh, so go check that out. Um, but Dustin, Club Red is about to close, but before we do so, let's give the listeners our final shots for this week in Club Red. Yeah, I do have a Club Red final shot. The Texas Tech golf team. Yes, sir. They made it to the Elite Eight, basically, of college golf and got knocked out Tuesday afternoon by Vanderbilt 3-2 to two in a uh, match play type uh, scenario, but just good to see another Texas Tech team making it far into the playoffs. So congrats to the Tech men's golf team on their Elite Eight appearance. Yeah, it came down to the wire there, and Vandy was the number one seed into this final, uh, you know, eight uh, teams that make it in. And so you were right there toe to toe with them all the way through the end, just came up short, but. Uh, good effort, good season from them. And like you said, just another program that's been consistently good for a while now. So you'd like to see that. in some other Texas Tech-related news, my final shot is now my favorite NBA player has got a new head coach, LeBron James. Los Angeles Lakers have named Darvin Ham as their next head coach. So this is something that had been kind of trickling through the NBA sphere that he was a interview candidate and that he was then a finalist and that he was rumored to be the favorite, but there was still some like lingering Doc Rivers bullshit out there. Uh, but ultimately, the Lakers wised up, hired Darvin Ham, like Dustin said on the Twitter. They knew they needed a Red Raider to come in and fix things. Right. Uh, excited for Darvin. We've all known that this has been a long time coming for him. Uh, he's been long rumored to get a head coaching job. We all knew it was going to happen uh, in the Lakers of all places. I mean, it's the, one of the most historic franchises in the NBA. It's obviously a huge headline on just about every sports talk show during the basketball season. Uh, it'll be a high topic this offseason as they've got 
uh, as he's got a pretty big mess there to clean up uh, and, and try to help out with. Uh, LeBron is not known to be uh, very great for coaches as coaches kind of come and go with, with him throughout their career. Uh, and so it is an interesting place to start out for Darvin, but uh, excited for him to get this opportunity. Hope he takes advantage of it. Hope he does a good job with it. Hope they trade Russell Westbrook so he doesn't have to deal with that. Um, hopefully they make some roster moves that help him out. But Dustin, any thoughts on Darvin getting the nod for a head coaching position? Yeah, good for him. He was, he's was he been rumored for a few years. He's been interviewing for a few years. Um, he also interviewed for the tech job. You know, yeah. just over a year ago, you know, he was my kind of favorite for that. Um, glad he didn't take it, and we went with Mark Adams because that worked out, and obviously this works out for him because now he gets to go coach LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers for his first ever head coaching job, and he's, you know, been a part of the Milwaukee Bucks, won a championship with them last year, and helped Giannis develop, and you know, so he's been a part of a good culture and like development of some younger pieces too. So like he, he's not just a one trick pony of like, Oh, if you get doc rivers and put him with a veteran team, you know, like yeah. there's some of these coaches that fit certain molds of like what team they need. Like I feel like he's going to be good starting out with them and hopefully, yeah, they can figure out a roster because he does have a mess on his hands. Yeah. But he does seem like a real good players coach. The guys in Milwaukee seem to have loved him. Uh, seems like a very well-respected guy around the league. A lot of NBA pods that I've listened to are real happy for him. And of course, everybody's a little, you know, nervous because it is the Lakers and you don't really know what's going to happen there. But, uh, hopefully, uh, he's able to correct things, get things going there and have some success for the Lakers as, uh, he finally gets the call to be, an NBA head coach, much deserved. So shout out to you, Darvin. Um, and yeah, so Dustin, any other tidbits to add here in Club Red this week? Good luck to the baseball team this weekend. We hope to be discussing a Super Regional next weekend, uh, but we'll enjoy watching these games over the weekend, discussing it with you guys on Twitter. So make sure you are following the Tailgate, Tailgate Talks on Apple and on Spotify, give us that five-star rating on each one of them and give us that rate. Also, follow the Tailgate on social media. Follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore talks. Follow our Facebook. Follow our Instagram. Follow our YouTube channel uh, to catch a little highlights from each week's show. But with all that, that'll be it for Club Red. We'll catch y'all next week. See ya.